I think a very large part of it is just getting out of your daily life, getting out of your comfort zone. Hello, print friends, and welcome. I'm your host, Miranda Metcalf. Each week, I chat with artists who use print-based media to do something beyond the expected. This is a bilingual podcast, so if you subscribe to us, you'll be getting weekly episodes with me in English as well as in Spanish with Ronaldo Gilasombrano. Together, we speak to printmakers around the globe about their practice and passions in the world of printmaking. Hello Print Friend is brought to you by Speedball Art Products, who've been offering a diverse range of high-quality products to your creative practice since 1997. And if you're looking to add some pizzazz to your practice, check out their new line of additive glitter. Add a sprinkle of additive glitter to any Speedball fabric screen printing ink and bring a touch of shimmer to your next design. This glitter additive can be used in nearly any ratio, so whether your sparkling vision is more subtle or dripping with scintillating shine. Check out the link in the show notes. This episode of Hello Print Friend is also brought to you by McLean's Printmaking Supplies, who've been dedicated to the art and artists of relief printmaking since 1979. The small specialist team in the Pacific Northwest is the leading supplier of Japanese relief tools for printmakers in the U.S. and abroad, whose primary purpose is to help you find the materials and support you need to reach your printmaking goals. Our editor, Timothy Pauschak's two favorite tools are his Potatsuwaro Sankakuto 3mm V-gouge and his Josoi Maruto 1mm U-gouge, both from McLean's. But you don't have to take our word for it. These tools speak for themselves. So head on over to McLean's at imclean's.com and find your new favorite tool and keep on carving. My guest this week is Jeroen Schmeitz, founder of The Jaunt, a project that combines our two favorite things, travel and printmaking. The Jaunt sends artists on short trips somewhere they've never been before and then publishes an edition based on their experiences. We'll talk about how skateboarding and graffiti brought Yaron into the world of art, the logistical joys and pains of taking on such a project, and what happens when a global pandemic strikes and you've got an artist on a silent retreat in a Sri Lankan monastery. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and prepare to buy the ticket, take the ride with Jaron Schmitz. Hi, Jaron. How's it going? Good, good. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited to talk to you because you just kind of popped up in my DMs on Instagram and I clicked on your project and it just opened up this whole world for me. And it's one of my absolute favorite things about printmaking and art Mm -hmm. in general is that you can be hyper-focused on something for years and then still be delighted to learn about new things and new things that people are doing. So um, I'm excited to talk and to learn more. Amazing. Well, I'm here. All right. (laughs) So um, before we get into the jaunt, um, which is the aforementioned project and all of the details, could you please introduce yourself and let people know who you are, where you are, what you do? So my name is, uh, the Dutch way of saying it is uh, Jeroen Smeets. Um, I'm uh, originally from the Netherlands and uh, lived in Amsterdam for a long while before I moved uh, to Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, and um, I've been here in Denmark for the last 12 years or so now. 
And about a year and a half ago, um, I, uh, together with my family, my wife and our two kids, we moved to uh, Aarhus, which is uh, the second biggest city of Denmark, uh, to be closer to family, to be out of the big city and more like closer to nature. And, mm. and that's a very wonderful transition. And um, I uh, work in the, in the arts field. And um, one of the projects that I do is called uh, The Jaunt, which has been my main focus for the last few years and um, the jaunt is a project that um, combines the two best things in life art and travel and the very short version of the project is or the the, the description is we send artists on trips all over the world to, to find inspiration yeah and so growing up um, in the Netherlands you know I feel like people really associate that country with the the great museums and of course you know mm-hmm. wonderful historical work and um, you know kind of boundary pushing continues contemporary work was art a big part of your life or kind of your family's way of interacting with the world um i wouldn't say that like like as like growing up that it was a very big part or like like actively a very big part like i remember that my parents they were uh, members of um like an art library um, mm-hmm. where you could um, borrow artworks from like like a, like a regular library. You could go to this place and, and borrow artworks for a set amount of time and then have them hanging in your living room, and um, which is a nice concept because that way you can have original artworks hanging on your living room in your living room, but also change them every like I don't know whatever three five six months uh, whenever you wanted to change it up again you could change it up and so that my parents definitely had a, an interest in in, in uh, visual and contemporary art um, but then as I was I think I was like around 15 16 um, I got into uh, into skateboarding and I think that's been the biggest like drive in towards the culture and mm. the visual aesthetic, like through skateboarding and then graffiti and, and, and street art later on. And yeah, you just kind of get that part of a lifestyle and, and that becomes part of your life then. Yeah. I've, I've had a few guests on the podcast over the years who found their way to art through graffiti, skateboarding, um, you know, that kind of lifestyle yeah Yeah, i think with skateboarding especially like it's it's at at the essence it's just like an athletic sport of course but there's so much it's so much more than a sport than a lifestyle and a culture but more like visually it's also like every skateboard there's at the bottom of the skateboard there's just an artwork from either in-house artists from the brands or they collaborate with like guest artists um so that that's always been a very big introduction to meet uh, or to to get familiar with the work of new artists mm, yeah and then so you had this sort of crossover with with skateboarding and that graffiti culture and then it sounds like you went on to have a professional life in the arts as well how did that come to be yeah so that i actually also came through skateboarding i um because of what I was like, I was because I was in the culture. I, I um, applied. A friend of mine, he worked at a uh, magazine called the Reload Magazine, and this this was like a, a, a skateboards, surfboard, snowboard slash culture magazine. Um, and I first became like I think it was called like the Webmaster so back in the days where you run like right. the website yeah. or something. Um, and and eventually um, transitioned on to become the uh, editor-in-chief of the magazine. Um, and there I really started working in a more professional capacity with artists where um, every issue 
we had um, we invited an artist to make uh, the cover uh, for the uh, for the magazine. Um, so I would contact the artist, curate curate the artist, contact them, and then work together with trying to get the best cover possible for the magazine. Um, and that actually like transitioned into one of the artists that I worked with um, asking me like, "Hey, you know a lot of people in the skateboard, snowboard, surfboard industry. I would love to make like work for for like a skateboard company. And if you, why don't you try and find me work, and then you get a commission. And then I was like, okay, so I guess." I can become sort of like an agent or a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where the whole uh, first, I guess, professional side of the art world uh, came into life. And so during this time, um, were you traveling a lot for this job? Because I know, as you say, it's the, the two best things. It's art and travel. And when we were talking beforehand, we even found out that you've at least been to Santa Fe, which is not, yeah. you know, uh, huge on people's lists. You usually traveled a bit before you make it to Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. It was um, like in the heydays, like I think I still got like a little bit of the heydays of like PR and, and marketing in terms of magazines. Like I was still part luckily to luck, like happy enough to be a part of this world where you would get invited by brands to go like go for like a press release of, of some kind of new product to be flown out to Los Angeles and then go to other parts of the world just to like play like a, a computer game or something. Um, so there was some traveling there. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's always been a part of my life as well. And just exploring new parts of the world where you've never been before. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a really wonderful part of being able to be alive and existing on this planet. And I very vividly remember one of my first trips outside of Europe, um, this was um, together, or I, well, I, like this was to South America, to Guatemala, and that was my first time like outside of like I'm, I might have been to the states before already, but so I went together with a friend of mine, and and to me it was kind of like an eye opener. I remember sitting on a bus, and and um, I I didn't speak Spanish, but there was a kid in front of me, and and we still we were still able to communicate just by like making jokes and funny faces and laughing at each other. Like we were miles, like we were like different, like worlds apart, but, and I, we didn't speak each other's language, but we could still communicate. And, and that's always um, stayed with me. And it's mm-hmm. always been like, if you, if you are open to meeting other people, then you will meet other people and you'll meet like-minded people as well. Yeah. I definitely believe in that. And that sometimes I think having, language and cultural barriers actually makes it easier to connect. I, yeah. I find that I'm out, you know, in, you know, a Russia somewhere, and I don't find as many barriers as I do when I meet other Americans. And I think, you know, maybe you come with a grace and understanding or something. Yeah, you have like, you have like these preconceived notions of people closer to you. Yeah. That you, well, because they're wearing these kind of clothes or because I'm meeting them at this place, then this must be that kind of person. And and if you take all of that away and you're just in a completely new environment where you don't know those like unwritten like rules of like who you're supposed to be or whatever, then you have no frame of reference. So you're just like, well... If if I'm if I have positive energy and you have positive energy, then we're good. Yeah, like it, it's like it strips it all down to just the like, hey, you're a human, I'm a human, and yeah. I mean you no harm, and you mean me no harm, and let's have a laugh on the bus, you know? Yeah, it's exactly. Lovely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really wonderful. And mm-hmm. so I know that the jaunt sort of is in 
foundation is in printmaking and, um, you know, print publishing. Did you have any interaction with that style of art making before founding the jaunt? Or was it kind of like the, the means to the end within the project? Well, so through working at the Reload magazine, I, I got familiar. We actually, I, the very first screen print project I ever did was for a, an exhibition that I put together for a Reload magazine. It was um, I think we, the magazine existed for maybe 10 years and we did like an overview exhibition of all the covers that we had made uh, with all the different artists and we uh, made one screen print version of, of the cover of one artist um, and that was my first print project but then after that I also started in Amsterdam I had a location where I would host some uh, small exhibitions and I work, would work together with other people and that had galleries and, and started like curating exhibitions and putting on shows and working with artists um, so that kind of grew like like naturally um, and at the time it was also working with prints and printmaking it, it was um, uh, it's an affordable way to start in the art industry uh, art world so to say um so it's been yeah, a very gradual introduction towards uh, the printmaking world mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think a lot of the the graphic work that comes out of street art culture translates really nicely to yes. the edges and the colors that you can get in printmaking and i have a lot of print friends who are screen printers and muralists or uh, graffiti artists and mezzotint artists. Like I think there's something about that, that that just seems to naturally fit together. Yeah, exactly. And it's mostly also just technical. Like it's just going to be a lot harder to, to really do justice to an oil painting in, in a screen printing uh, Mm -hmm. technique. So Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 you're right. And, and maybe something in there too, about people who are culturally kind of interested in, standing on what's more of the fringes of the art world. You know, if you if you have this vision of being a, a really classically trained oil painter and, you mm-hmm. know, for sure showing it a basil somewhere, you're probably not going to be drawn to spray cans and screen prints. No, yeah. no, maybe. No, no, exactly. And then even, like, from, from a skateboarding point of view, like, to traditionally now it's done with like heat transfers but traditionally like the skateboards were made with actual screen printing techniques oh yeah so like all the artists working from that field they're they're very familiar with that process yeah and so when did kind of the idea for the jaunt first come to you and how did you go about making it a reality so the very first like I, i i'm always saying that like it took about a year from like the first inkling of the idea and and then actually doing the first trip um and that year was a lot of it like through working at the reload magazine i was interviewing a lot of artists and and also working like as a as a freelance journalist and in every conversation i would always have with artists and when you talk about inspiration a lot of it was um being able to draw them back on traveling again when either people had just come back from a trip and that was usually inspiring for them or they they had they really wanted to go on the trip because because of inspiration um and then I, at the same time, there was the, the crowdfunding was already sort of happening, but it was like relatively new in in the culture, it, like in the 
culture industry or culture world, whatever you want to call it, like a lot of it was still very tech and product based. Um, and but at the same time, I saw it like the first couple of like art projects happening through crowdfunding, and I was like, hey, this could this could be something. But and that eventually just like over time, talking with other artists and and seeing what they would be interested in 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 doing, this is how the jaunt came about. Like the very first trip was a, is a good friend of mine uh, head off and he wanted to really go to Helsinki and my father was like okay like how can I help make that possible and like of course I can just buy him a ticket but like that like can we make something more with it like can we do can we how can we involve other people and an audience into this and make this into a project and that's kind of like the, the first stepping stones of, of the jaunt mm, yeah and I feel like this might be a good time to just have you dive into kind of like the top to bottom what the jaunt does? I know we sort of touched on yeah. it, but yeah, just sort of um, the structure around it and how you actually do get this kind of crowdfunding, traveling, art collecting, little cyclical cycle about a project from it. Yeah, yeah. So like we've been, or I like I've I've been I've been like I'm the jaunt. Like I've been saying we for a lot of times, but I'm also <laughs> trying to see like well, no, like. It's, it's I'm doing most of the work like together with the artists and, and the printmakers, of course. Um, but yeah, I've been doing the John for like eight years now and we've or almost nine years and, and we've sent 80 artists on a trip. And we announce that an artist is going on a trip um, through our platform, through our newsletter, through our Instagram. And at that moment, we will announce that this artist is going to this location and at that moment, we offered the opportunity for people to pre-order a print, the print that will be inspired by the trip. So at that moment, you only know which artist is going where, but the artwork isn't known yet. So you actually buy a print, uh, you pre-order the print at sight unseen. You don't know what it's going to look like uh, until you receive it at home once the print is done. Um, so the artist goes on the on their trip. They keep a travel diary um, that we share through our platform again, and that the artist shares through their Instagram and and whatever channel they have. Um, and this way, all the people who pre-order the print and and the rest of the audience, they're all um, part of this journey and this travel and and this inspiration um, experience. Um, so then the artist comes home. They come. They come back to the studio. They make the the their artwork, which we then produce as a limited edition uh, prints, and and we ship those out to all the people who have pre-ordered the prints. And this sometimes can take uh, like a few months before the, the the print gets done. So it can really be a surprise. Like, oh yeah, I forgot I ordered this, and then all of a sudden you have this artwork from from like maybe your favorite artist um, who's been on a trip, and and then you had just that's just received at home. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said you started with a friend of yours, but how did it kind of grow? I mean, as as we were talking about a little bit off air, you and I got connected because um, Swoon reposted about the interview I did with her and you'd worked with her and, you know, she's a big international artist. So it seems like the jaunt has expanded from, you know, friends yeah. who just want to go to Helsinki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I think the first 10 trips, was all artists that I knew personally or had met before or had worked like on on, on another kind of project before uh, but that's like 
that very quickly enough that wasn't sustainable anymore so i had to reach out to artists who i'd never met before and and um but luckily it's it's not a very bad email to send to mm -hmm. people it's like hey i run i run this art project would you do you like to travel and where do you want to go um it, it's a, it's a good uh, conversation starter um so that's um yeah been able like now there's a lot of like i think 80 to 90 percent of all the artists I, I haven't met before when i first contact them to um and asking if they want if they'd be interested in joining our project gotcha and so is that usually how it works is that the artist will will choose their destination like they'll say hey i've always thought that venezuela would really fit in well with what i'm doing is it usually their choice um there's two options it's, it's either me uh, asking them like hey what's your top five bucket list of places you've always wanting to go to um and most importantly in that bucket list is like why do you want to go there mm. um, and then another option would be that i know of a great location which i think fits the artist like their personal uh, them personally or their artwork or their style um, and then I do a suggestion, like, uh, for example, like, hey, um, would you like to go to uh, Addis Ababa in the capital of Ethiopia? And um, and yeah, so it's it, it can be either or. And um, but it's always the most important part is that it's a place where the artist has never been to before, hmm. uh, just to make sure that the impressions are as fresh and as new as possible. Um, and then, of course, we have a budget that we need to work with as well. So everything um, we need to make it work, uh, and we we can't just ship everybody off to the Antarctic's and, right. and stay for two weeks. <laughs> um, but luckily, if you're like I found out, like if you're flexible in your timing, and um, there's a lot of places you can go to within a, a, a reasonable budget. Mm, yeah, yeah, I've definitely found that as well. If you can wait on a ticket, um, exactly, yeah, which is great. Yeah. And then it's also just a matter of which artist are you sending where. Like, like there's you can keep artists on, on their own continent, and they'll be more affordable than uh, across oceans, of course. Um, but then some connections are more affordable than other connections again. So there's usually a, quite a lot possible. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, of course, like Oslo is going to be a much more expensive two weeks than Chiang Mai, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just the... yeah there's local costs as well, exactly. So sometimes you can fly to a destination that is the cheaper to be at, but and then the ticket can be more expensive again. Yeah, so it just has to be yeah, a lot of kind of budgeting and and just getting a sense of of how long does it take or how much does it take to live somewhere? I mean, is that just exactly googling? Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you find out how much does two weeks cost in you know Johannesburg? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a common sense, I suppose, and and then you also just try to find out like some like like. I think usually you can see on uh, like uh, accommodation prices, like hotels or Airbnbs. Right. By that, you can kind of make an estimation on on, on how expensive the city itself is. Um, and then for our trips, actually, we 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 sent the artist like five to six days on the trip, mm. um, which I always think is um, uh, long enough to get a real impression of the place and and short enough that you want to go back again. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah you're like over a week then you might be like i've seen it here like what am i going to do today again like so they go here again or like i think five six days is really like a, a perfect sweet spot mm, yeah i think that's that's really true um because there's really not enough time to get homesick to let the kind of buzz of a new country or a new city wear off and that 
five, no, six exactly. day period. Yeah. And, and you're still treating every day with like an intense preciousness. Everything is new. Like you, you're not walking the same route twice, basically. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so how are the prints actually made? I know you do like a lot of screen printing. Is there a studio in Copenhagen you collaborate with? Or, or yeah. Um, when I started, I worked together a lot with a, a print studio in the Netherlands, um, which um, I kind of just started the project together with him. Um, he runs under the name Handprint and stuff. Um, and but over time, um, purely logistical, it makes so much more sense when we work with an American artist to print in the U.S. Mm. And we work with artists like now, even in Europe, like if we work with a Spanish artist, we'll work with a Spanish printer. And um, yeah, over time, of course, you meet a lot of printers and a lot of different print studios. Um, so we're able to it's much more every print I'm looking at like, all right, where does it make most sense to to make this print, um, either on budget or on um, availability, but also on how important is it that the artist is um, able to be close to the studio. It makes a lot of sense. And it reminds me of uh, a few years ago on the podcast, I had um, Raking Light. Do you know that project? It's No. They do uh, original prints with tattoo artists. And okay, so, you yeah. know, if the tattoo artist is in Australia, they'll find a master printer in Australia to collaborate with or Spain or yeah. Thailand. And so, yeah, that, of course, yeah, it makes great sense to, yeah. to find someone where the artist is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then again, I, I had, I worked with like three or four Australian and New Zealand artists uh, as well at the beginning of this or no, last year. Uh, but the cost of printing are—it's so much higher over there, just because it's—it is an island, and everything just needs to be imported. Mm -hmm. So everything, like it was triple the price of what I would pay for uh, a print in in Europe or in even in the U.S. as well. So we, for those artists, we actually printed in um, in Europe and then shipped back and forth, which was still considerably uh, more cheaper than uh, than printing in Australia. Yeah, my husband and I moved to Sydney when he was doing his MFA in printmaking there, and we we got a shock when we saw yeah. the cost of inks and papers uh, <laughs> that side of the Pacific. So, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it's weird. Like some pockets of the world, it's just um, it's just more expensive to just, and I can only imagine it's just because they need to import everything and, and it's not produced there, so it's just more expensive. Yeah, for them to to produce, of course, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and then like I learned this out like the hard way as well because at one point we had an artist from uh, Los Angeles. This was uh, very like in the like in the beginning in the first year or the second year. Um, so we had an artist from Los Angeles who flew to Greece and um, then flew home again. Made his artwork was the prints were produced in the Netherlands. So we shipped the prints to uh, Los Angeles. Then he signed and numbered the prints. They were shipped back to the Netherlands again, and half of the prints had sold to people in the U.S., so they needed to be back again. <laughs> so <laughs> that was very – you spend a lot of money on, on shipping uh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like, like any kind of new thing in the world. It really was learning as you go and 
figuring yeah. out, you know, how to yeah, streamline things. Network to make that happen as well. So now, like we we know various printers in in, um, in the US that we can work with, um, and then uh, at times even I I'm able to um, hire uh, somebody um, who can help us with distribution of the prints when like sometimes we have a big audience in the US, um, even though we're like Europe based uh, project, but. Sometimes, like all of the prints will just ship to the US, so it doesn't even make any sense to ship the whole box of prints back to me again before we ship them out. How do you pick artists to work with? Do, do you get approached by people? Do you just kind of, as you say, you're building this network, you're learning about all these different people around the world, and you just, you know, send the email to people that you just know would make good prints. Yeah. So there's, we, I don't have an open application process for the, for this John project. So I've, I've, from the beginning on, it's always been a, a curated project. So every artist is, is approached by me personally to, to be a part of this project. Um, and a large part of it is, can we do the their artwork justice in mm. in a print? Um, that's a very big part of it. Uh, another big part of it is is would I enjoy an artwork from this artist up on my wall? And and that's I think uh, a, a good way to go about uh, curating the artist for your own project. Um, and then it's a combination of are they interested in in the project and do they have the time to to participate in the project? Um, but yeah, it's, it's very on curation only. So it's um, everybody is invited to, to become uh, uh, to to join the project. Yeah, well, and it sounds like you're taking part in that long tradition of you know gallerists and curators who are really finding creative ways to build their own collection, um, <laughs> which <laughs> which is wonderful because then you know it all comes from that real place of connection with the work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and while we like we've worked with over eighty artists by now, and and if you put two together. They can be worlds apart in style and in methods and in theme. But I think, I, or at least I hope, that if you see all 80 next to each other in, in as a group, then they all share this same sort of creative energy that is very do-it-yourself, um, very hands-on, and, and very like focused on, on their crafts. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, from just perusing the website, you can definitely see, for me, a, a, a theme and a bit of an aesthetic theme, but just also like the theme in quality of composition and of yeah. care. I, I, and I think that comes probably from inviting established artists who have been working in their field for a while and, and just understand yeah. making an image. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, also always, I'm I'm always hoping and trying to keep a balance of of more established artists and and younger upcoming artists as well, because I think the two feed each other with like creative energy as well. Where it'd be nice for the the younger upcoming artists to be aligned with the the well established artists and and in the same project, but also for the maybe the well established artists to be introduced to new artists through our our platform and through our project. Yeah, yeah, I definitely try to do that with this podcast as well um yeah because it's exciting to hear about people you right? haven't known exactly about and it's also exciting to hear from people who you already admire it, it both yeah. keeps it really interesting yeah yeah exactly and and all the new people who are bringing new things to the project and are young and upcoming they'll always bring new and exciting things along with them 
is is the idea of getting people to purchase works before they've seen them, um, because I've seen that model a few places, and it, it and particularly in the printmaking world, we'll find shops where someone will be a patron of the shop, and then they get one of everything that's produced there mm-hmm. throughout the year. And I always really admire people who can make that model work because there's such a level of trust involved in it. Um, And so maybe, I don't know, kind of speak to using that as part of the model. I know also you can purchase um, some of the the prints that aren't sold out through the Jaunt's website as well. So Mm -hmm. you've got kind of a book a pre and post project sales going on. Yeah. But yeah, about building that trust and building that audience who is willing to go out on the limb and say, you know, I, I haven't seen what this is going to be, but I bet it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So for like that also comes a little bit back to the curating the artist. Like I'm, because we sell these um, prints by pre-order, um, I think it's important for people to make an educated guess of what a next artwork could potentially look like. And while you have some amazing artists who are very fluid in their style and they'll go all over the place, I I don't think those artists work particularly well for our project because people can't make that educated guess of what their next artwork could look like. So I'm I'm also considering like how... uh, close people keep to their own work and their own style and, and their own visual aesthetic and language. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm, 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 I'm still amazed that people buy prints and, and artworks that they don't know what they look like yet and, and spend money on that. And even when we did the very first trip um, back in 2013, um, we, we always make an edition of 50 uh, prints and, and that sold out the first time. And I was amazed by that, that people this was a new idea and, and it was new and people were not familiar with it yet. Uh, they didn't know what the artwork was going to look like. And, and, but they, they knew the artist and, and they, they, they trusted me because a lot of from this first trip, it was a lot of like friends and family that, that supported, of course. Um, but it's just, it's just been running ever since. And, and I think now also like we're nine, almost nine years in, we've have been able to establish a very big trust um, and reputation with uh, not only, only the artists but also our audience and and our collectors and we actually we have um, a handful of people who are uh, ambassadors uh, of the jaunt and they at the beginning of the year they they buy the whole year basically Mm -hmm. of prints and so they don't even know which artists are joining the project yeah i would guess that after you know nine years of consistently producing beautiful prints you would have people who would just be like all right whatever yeah. it is i'm here for it yeah yeah exactly i i hope so yeah and and like well judging by the uh, the ambassadors that we have that that is the fact luckily mm. but and it's yeah it's very um very rewarding to to be able to uh work like toward with the art together with the artist to making that uh, possible and and making these prints happen for these collectors who have so much trust in the project yeah yeah, and I think there's probably something in there too that does make it fun about the unknown. And I think with prints, because you can sell them at accessible price points, people are willing to take that risk and buy exactly. into that fun a bit of the mystery of yeah, yeah, not knowing. So we we while we have the the give people the the, the chance to pre order these prints that's at a very affordable price of like seventy five euros, which is probably like. 80 85 dollars i guess um mm-hmm. but 
when we do not sell out a print in the pre-order, the prints are available afterwards still as well. And then the price is higher because the people who supported the project, uh, the, the trip from the beginning, they need to be rewarded, of course. Uh, and the other people can also, they should have just ordered it to begin with. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask um, about that, you know, about the, the pricing before and after, because usually in the models, it is a bit less if you go in on faith and kind of front load yeah. the project with the funds and that it makes sense and and there's that you know i think that kind of excitement about totally. opening up something and not knowing what it's going to be and yeah. you know gosh i mean people spend 80 dollars worth of money on yeah. way stupider <laughs> things than surprise exactly. art <laughs> yeah no and i also think like at the price point that we're at if if you there's two things that are really interesting, I think, with this model. Like the first one is is if you don't like the artwork, the price is still like good enough. You can gift it to a friend. Mm -hmm. It's it's a nice like birthday gift you can give to somebody else. Um, but I think more interestingly, it's also when you walk into a gallery and you look at the artworks on the wall, you'll immediately have like oh, i like this one i like i don't like that one this is my favorite you visually you're already making like um judgments about it and and seeing what fits you and your style but what i've learned with this project is that people who have bought the print before they knew what it was going to look like once it comes home even if they don't like it they'll give it another chance because they're invested in it in a completely different way. They've made this trip possible because they pre-ordered the print. They know the story of how it came to be, what this artist has done on the trip, what, which like moment on their trip has inspired them to make the artwork. So your complete, the, your investment in emotional and financial investment in, in uh, this artwork is completely different from the regular art world buying experience. Mm, that's such a good point that I hadn't thought of before. But of course, you're right, because in a way, since you've seen the project go, it's like seeing art from a friend. You know, you always yeah. bring more grace and patience and yeah. appreciation when it's someone that you know and you know the process that went into it. Yeah. yeah, and you can't know this from every artist that and every gallery visit that you make, of course. But in this project, like it's really like like I think the analogy with like a friend like is is very accurate as well because it's your you're part of the entire process and not you don't you don't just show up to see the outcome. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads into my next question, which is maybe sort of twofold in that, you know, why is it that travel is so inspiring? And what kind of moments do you find spark interest in the artists that you send? Is there a theme? Is it architecture, people or yeah, like it seems to work really well, but what is it about the actual experience of, of travel that, that does it? Well, I, I think a very large part of it is just getting out of your daily life, getting out of your comfort zone uh, of your studio, of your house, of your way to work, getting out of your social circle and, and uh, putting yourself into a completely new environment where everything is new and you don't like what we were talked about as earlier as well you don't have these preconceived notions about other people and mm. you're you're really so much more open to adventure and and anything that comes your way and you have to be because travel is always like 
it's always up in the air and like even if you have a lot of experience like travel planning there's always the unexpected will always happen Mm -hmm. and then in terms of like where our artists find their inspiration it's also completely dependent on on um, on the person of course and this is also where when i talk with an artist about which location they're going to go to i'm trying to find the best place for them where they can find that inspiration so an, an artist who takes a lot of um, um, inspiration from architecture and from uh, graphic de- or uh, interior design will send them to a place where they can experience that uh, more than uh, the the jungle of Costa Rica mm. and an artist who's more into plant life and 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 into like the flora and fauna things will send that artist to the to the uh, the, the rainforest of of Costa Rica so it's also about finding the right destination for the right artist and but to be honest like i think that aside like what this whole covid uh, times have has has, learned, has taught me is that you do like you don't need to go to the other side of the world to find inspiration mm-hmm. and you can find it literally in your own backyard or in your own country and just taking yourself out of your own home life and and doing something else which can be just sleeping in the cabin in the woods um, can be uh, that can already provide that inspiration but i also think that in like without even traveling i think that if you put an artist the right artist who's open to this would put them in like an elderly home and or a nursing home where they can talk with people who they normally wouldn't have conversations with for like four or five days. I think that that can, that's, it's the same as traveling without actually doing the own distance yourself. You're, you're getting to learn all these the amazing histories from these people who have lived their like full lives already. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about how the jaunt was affected, of course, by the pandemic, because there many aspects of the arts that like uh, residencies and that kind of thing that are are mm-hmm. reliant on this free and relatively affordable travel um how did it pivot during the last two years well so also to come back to swoon she was the very first artist that was affected by uh, covid uh, in in our john programming um and and the weird thing was actually that she traveled to sri lanka and was staying in a monastery where like a silent, this was on like some kind of like silent uh, yoga retreat. And she did not have her phone on her when she went in. And by the time she came out, which was like 10 days later, um, like this whole pandemic had blown up and, and the world was in lockdown, but she had no clue. Like she oh literally like opened her phone and had messages from all her friends and people that she knew like, Hey, where are you? Are you okay? And she's like, "Wait, what happened?" She had she had no clue that the world went in lockdown. Um, so like she got she got out of the monastery and stayed with uh, with a with a good friend where we had uh, like already arranged to to put her up. Um, and then we just kind of figured out like, all right, can you stay there longer? Do we need to get you home? And eventually we got her home and everything was fine. But after that, like travel was definitely impacted because like we had programmed like at least four or five, six months ahead, like with flight tickets and everything where people were going like across borders and flying to other countries. Um, but we were able to very quite, well, quite quickly to pivot into instead of traveling abroad, like traveling within your own country. Um, and that still provided a lot of opportunities for people to explore new parts of, of their country where um, they had never been to before. And luckily also, I managed to find a few people who 
had actually recently moved to another country before the pandemic and and therefore like the entire country was still like very new to them and we worked with an artist who traveled from or he had moved from the netherlands to australia um another artist who is originally from chicago who's now based in in denmark um so we just kind of focused on on travel within the own country where, where the artist was staying. And, and those things were always kind of available, luckily. Yeah, that is something that I have appreciated with the pivoting that people have mm. had to do is that maybe hopefully taking some of that patience and openness that we have when we go internationally and, and turning it into our own country because we yeah. we have access to that space energetically right. at any time. It's yeah. just we, we go into a different phase when we're you know, climbing Mount Fuji than when we're at the supermarket, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 even in in a small country like the Netherlands, like in the U.S., like there's still there's for anybody who's living in the U.S., there's so much to explore. But even in 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 the Netherlands, which is a tiny country in comparison, there we were still able to find like exciting new places where people had never been to before, and were really able to step outside of their comfort zone and have a completely different like four or five six day uh, adventure. Mm, yeah, how many artists were traveling a year about like approximately before the pandemic? Um, I think we we do ten trips a year, and and we've been able to do that uh, in the pandemic still as well. Oh, great! That's yeah. that's we, wonderful. We actually, so we had Swoon, who was the first artist who like 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 kind of I guess stepped into the pandemic uh, while on their trip. But then the 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 the, the first trip after that was an artist from uh, Oakland uh, called Anna Valdes. And she was originally supposed to go to uh, Alaska, but that, of course, got canceled. And then for her trip, we made it like a lockdown edition where she was in her own studio and did all kinds of um, uh, workshops through uh, Instagram Live. And we kind of, instead of her going into the wide world, we invited the world to be, come into her studio. And she did these like workshops on acoustic painting and monotype and, and uh, printing and mixing your own pigments. And um, so we kind of like just switched, switched it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, it's, it's funny that um, Swoon was in the, the monastery in, in Sri Lanka through your project, because I spent the Dallas art fair with her and she was telling me about that. She was telling oh, me yeah? like the weird experience that she just kind of in passing how she's like, she's like, you know, I was in a silent retreat and then I came out on the other side and yeah. I didn't even know it was through the job, but that's so funny. Yeah. That she just is like, was yeah. like, well, and, and, you know, knowing Callie and having worked with her, you know, I mean, I, I feel like you couldn't ask for a, a more, um, relaxed kind of up for anything yeah. artist for it to happen to you know i can just really imagine her yeah. being like all right well what's next you know like yeah, exactly. not yeah, panicking yeah yeah, yeah she's yeah. great there's like definitely been, been artists that i've worked with over the last nine years who would have reacted differently yeah. and, and maybe rightfully so <laughs> yeah she's pretty unflappable which is yeah she's great yeah yeah and then i mean i i reckon there's has been like a few difficulties here and there over the last nine years of you know i'm sure you know, maybe 
an artist going somewhere and getting like sick the, or you know something like that yeah the biggest surprise to me and and i this this has got to happen at some point but of the 80 artists or the 80 trips that we've done and uh like nobody has missed a flight yet oh my gosh touch wood <laughs> touch wood yeah. hurry yeah <laughs> It's it's uh, I don't like I, I statistically that that shouldn't be able that should not be possible. <laughs> yeah, wow. We've had some people who we had one artist who was in um, in Miami, and then there was like a hurricane, and um, she like or I don't know what it was, but there was some kind of weather that influenced her flight back, and then but I was still able to book her on a, on another flight back. Um, we had one artist who was in Japan and. He was on like this uh, island all the way in the south of Japan, and he had like the plan was to be there for like three or four days on on the island. But then on the day that he was supposed to go home, he couldn't go home because there was a one of the typhoons was mm. uh, racing past the island, and like the ferry wasn't going anymore. And like the, the 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 person who ran the accommodation there came by with like extra food and water. Is like hey. Make sure to lock your windows and, and close up. Don't go outside. And um, but that typhoon passed, and and he was able to get home again as well. So gotcha. um, there's definitely been some moments, but nothing like too crazy. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on what what's too crazy. <laughs> we we had one artist. His name is Cody Hudson. He was in um, in in this uh, rainforest in in Costa Rica, and on his last night, he was woken up by an earthquake while he was <gasps> in a treehouse uh, sleeping in a treehouse. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, but that's yeah. that's all part of also I think why travel does open us up is as you say like like you can you can be the best trip planner in the world, but typhoons and earthquakes, yeah. you know, they'll they'll come when they're coming and they they don't exactly. care about your tickets or your ferry rides. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you have to yeah, roll with it. You have to make it work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are some dreams for the future for the jaunt? If you want it, you know, another nine years from now, would you like to send someone to Antarctica? Would you like to have more artists traveling, or do you have something? Um, for well, the I think ten. We do so. We do ten trips a year now, and I think that's kind of like a max of like the attention span that we can have, and and just to like. Of course, we could plan double, but it's. I don't think it's it's quality over quantity. Yeah, um, and. We for the last three years, I've organized a, a summer camp as well, where we invite four artists to become uh, to to get together um, and and be at the same location, and then just talk with each other. Like we'll do some excursions and we'll have a good time. And it's more the artists coming together, learning from each other, like sharing tips and tricks with each other. And 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 then also in the last summer camp, we actually invited the artists to, to make uh, original artworks uh, on site as well. So we built like these uh, temporary studios where the artists could work. And um, this was an amazing location in Sweden where the people who were hosting us there were super friendly and also Every time I ask, like, hey, could we maybe do this here? They're like, yeah, great, awesome, let's do it. Mm. So they were open to every idea we had. Like, there was, like, one old shed that they had on the, on the grounds, and um, one of the artists, they he just dismantled the whole shed and built, like, this sculpture out of wood, and at the end of the week, we lit it on fire. And um, so going into the future, I don't think we'll be doing more trips, um, but I'm, I'm what I have been focusing more on is also while the artists are traveling, um, um, getting original artworks um, inspired by their trip, either 
made on their trip or made made after at home again and then turning that uh, working together with other galleries uh, at different places of the world to to turn that into uh, exhibitions oh yeah yeah that'd be wonderful yeah. yeah and then last year we had an exhibition in in amsterdam at the straat museum which is like a big uh, street art graffiti uh, museum in in amsterdam where we had uh, i think it was up to we had about 40 of our prints um, on on display and on on in the exhibition, and that looked amazing. And now I'm wondering how big of a wall we need to put all of the prints that we ever made up on one wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you must be getting quite an archive. Uh, yeah, I think like so. We've done 80 trips, but we sometimes do like two prints with an artist. So I think we're up to like 100 different print editions by now. Very cool. And yeah. where can people? find the jaunt and follow the jaunt and purchase work and kind of get involved so, yeah in that way yeah we're we're on the, the jaunt.net uh, that's our website um people can sign up for the mailing list to to, to hear first uh, which uh, next artist is uh, going on a trip and, and to hear all the announcements uh and then it's just the jaunt on, on instagram and you still use facebook i guess that works <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, more and more when I ask people that question at shows, they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, website, Instagram, Facebook, that's kind of it, right? Facebook, kind of, yeah. you know, like there's sort of trails off a little bit, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, like the the podcast has a Facebook, and it just kind of pushes everything from Instagram, and occasionally if there's yeah. like an article or something that's you can't really share that on Instagram, we'll we'll go there. So it's you know, yeah, exactly. So, no, but I think our our website is is the main uh, main address of where you want to be because on the website we'll have the entire print archive and then you can also uh, see and read back all of the, the the travel diaries that the artists have made during their trip like even from trip number one to all the way up until now um, and that will get you the most information and the, the most interesting interesting stories to read as well yeah yeah i was definitely wanted to to plug that travel diary aspect because that's really cool just yeah, to be able to see me, the thought process. Yeah. Exactly. For me personally, the travel diary is worth uh, the most by now. Like I almost see like the the silk the the, the, the screen print that we uh, that we produce. It's almost like a super deluxe postcard that we're sending <laughs> off to people. Um, but the travel diary is what makes me makes makes me the most excited about this project and just being. Like some of the artists are really honest and and open about what they're doing, how it's influencing them, and and write beautifully about that whole process as well. And that's where I can see also like well, whatever they're doing on this trip and whatever inspiration they find for the the one print edition that we'll make or the two print editions that we'll make. Sometimes, like aside from that, what they've experienced here will stay with them for a lifetime and and will create new work down the line as well. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Well, I think that's a perfect note to wrap up on, is letting people know they've got these wonderful 80 trips worth of diaries they can dive into and see the archive. And yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun to learn about the project and um, it's given me the, the travel bug and the art buying bug all at the same time. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we, we can cater to that. Yeah, <laughs> you've got, you can help with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's our show for this week. If you liked today's episode, we have a Patreon where you can help us keep the lights on and get bonus content like Shop Talk Shorts with our editor, Timothy Pauschak. He digs deep on materials, processes, and techniques with our guests. And if you listen this far, you might be that special kind of print friend who would leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. 
It would mean the world to us when you did. And no joke, it really does help support the show. And that's our show for this week. Join me again next week when my guest is Brett Nenup, a Noongar printmaker living and working in Perth, Western Australia. We'll talk about how when his mother, Laurel, took a printmaking class later on in her life, started them both on a path that brought them to a deep love for printmaking. Storytelling through the medium, being able to reach the things that are hard to talk about through art making, and how his mom's second ever woodcut was turned into a five meter tall cast aluminum sculpture in Perth's Elizabeth Key. You won't want to miss it. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf, with editing by Timothy Pauschak and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week.